0: Next on BYU Sports Nation, should the Cougars run more in 2014? I'm guessing Jamal Williams says
1: yes. j listed among the nation's top running back prospects. It's another watch list. Woo! Plus, Roger Wallace, <laughs>
0: color analyst for the Longhorn Football Radio Network on their new coach and realistic expectations
2: in Austin. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Now from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is on your radio, television,
0: and other media machines. Presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. My name is Spencer Linton. I am teamed up with the spokesman for a new line of Wrangler jeans, Jerem Jordan.
1: That would be Brett Favre and his homies <laughs> slinging it in the mud in uh, Mississippi. I think you've mistaken it is a... Mistook me for that. I, I, I mistook you for Brett you Favre. You mistaken me for...
0: Okay. <laughs> Didn't he have a mustache at one point? Did Brett Favre ever have a mustache?
1: I'd imagine so. I don't know, though. Sources close to the situation I haven't confirmed either way. Oh, <laughs> you should
0: look that up. You're Schefter, a, you're, what's the you're answer, a mustache Schefter?
1: guy. No, I'm not.
0: Thursday, July 17th, wherever and however Face you're punch. dialed in, great to have you with us. So I'm watching the ESPYs last night, and mm. I, I have to be honest. When I first Please heard be that Drake... A hip hop artist was hosting the SBS. I was very skeptical. I thought he was I, good. You know, I I I get that they want the hip hop into sports. You know, pop culture crossover. But I was like, uh, I liked it when Justin Timberlake did it. I don't. I don't know if I'm buying into this whole Drake. It thing. worked.
1: I watched almost everything of that, and it was great. He was he was, was better fun. than I thought he would it was be. Fun.
0: Yeah, yeah. He is very polished performer. Uh, he I. Great jokes last night. My favorite was when he compared LeBron in Miami to LeBron going to Cleveland. He said, two years, $40 million in Miami, that'll get you a house. In Cleveland, it will get you Cleveland.
1: Cleveland.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I thought he was really funny. Join our conversation 24-7 using the hashtag BYUSN with today's
1: Twitter question. Who will have the second most rushing yards for BYU in 2014? Use the hashtag BYUSN. We're being tricky on this one. I love this question. A couple weeks ago, we said who's going to lead BYU. The overwhelming consensus was Jamal, or who should, I think is the way we phrase it. So people are like, duh, Jamal. So who has the second most? You have a number is of it, options. Is it Taysom? Here. Is it Jamal? Is it Jamal again? Again. Jamal was last year. He's is, the
0: second leading rusher last year. Or
1: is it Algernon Brown or uh, Paula Sique or Adam Heine for that matter? or at,
0: other? At BYUFan007. Love that. He says, easy, at T underscore Hill 4. Is is it that easy? Taysom leading the team in rushing last year, will he will he do it again? Will it be Jamal? And then what about Algie Brown and Paul Lasique, a couple of guys who the coaching staff are really high on? Like, where do they fall
1: into I, this mix? I can't see it. Is it not more of being, a balance? Not being Taysom or Jamal. I just don't see it.
0: Is there any scenario where Taysom Hill is the third leading rusher on this BYU football team?
1: I don't see it, no. Yeah,
0: I The honestly, dude I don't, is
1: a great runner. Use him.
0: Honestly, I don't either. Unless there is, like, such an emphasis uh, an emphasis for him to throw the ball. But that alone and in and of itself is kind of like, well, should they throw the ball more?
1: Right. Yeah. Assuming health, yeah. We'll dive into that.
0: BYU Sports Nation is simulcast in beautiful radio vision on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Pause. Wait for it. Rise and shout, my friends. It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic one. Running backs. The running backs, y'all. Williams. He breaks through. Kicks to the outside. Right here. And rumbles to the 26. Jamal Williams is a good running back. And he's got a bunch of guys behind him that are coming back, too. And that brings us to our stat
2: of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Bum, 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 bum. Bum,
1: Bum, bum, done. 97. BYU returns 97% of its rushing yards. 97%! Basically everybody. Yona Pritchard transferred to Oregon State. Michael Elise is a linebacker now. Emmon Olsen rushed a couple times. J.D. Falls was a beast. He ran for like Falso. 12 yards. Okay, other than that, 97 stinking percent. Return for this year.
0: BYU now, ran for more yards last year than in any season in school history. And one was, was the previous leader. It was not close. Yeah, o one was the previous leader at almost three thousand. Uh, so they were three thousand four hundred seventy five last year. That trumped the record by five hundred plus yards.
1: More play, a lot more plays. So BYU had more yards. But yeah, the, so BYU returns all these running backs. So what? The question that that we've been discussing is. What's the role of those running backs given the receivers that you brought in? Man. Hoffman Hoffman left, Ridley. I mean, so BYU in recruiting went out and got Nick Kurtz and Trey Dye and Devon Blackman and Jordan Leslie, all these guys. Michael Davis returns to wide receiver. He could be the fastest guy on the roster. So you have a group of what you think is upgraded talent as a group. We'll. Still have to prove themselves. But the running backs, you know what you've got, The logic
0: here is if you rushed for a record number of yards and you return 97% of the generating players for those yards. Rush it. With a better, more experienced offensive line now who have starts under their belt,
1: why would you not continue with that approach? The rush-pass ratio last year in play calling was 60-40. The previous two years, it was about 50-50. So BYU rushed the ball a lot. Now, now, some of the I think a big difference in that is Taysom Hill pulling it down and running. Yeah, those were, they were passing plays and, that and ended sa- up being running and plays. And sacks count in that number as well. I don't know. I, I mean, you can't look at a box score and know when it was an intended pass and when Taysom rushed, right? That would be an interesting
0: statistic. So yeah. if somebody is really bored out there across BYU Sports Nation and you want to watch all 1,111 offensive plays, and diagram how many plays Taysom Hill drop back to pass and then ran well, for how, it?
1: let us know. How many are QB draws? I mean, I, it's hard to tell with Taysom sometimes. But BYU has really good running backs back. Uh, the top two running backs being Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams. Yeah, I said running back for Taysom. <laughs> they, he rushes the ball well, so use that. So our question today, you, who's going to be the second-leading rusher? In my opinion, it's going to be Taysom Hill. It was 60-40. I hope Jamal okay. leads. The team. And then I hope Taysom's number two.
0: You would you would hope, right? Yes. He's the guy. Use
1: him. I, I just don't see enough carries to Algernon Brown and or Paul Lesique. Like, if you said combined versus Taysom, now that's an interesting discussion. Rushing yards.
0: Should BYU run more if it was 60-40 last year? And, yeah, we, we already mentioned the whole Taysom Hill dropping back to pass and then go ahead and he he tucks it and runs it. But should they run more? Should that ratio... Be sixty one thirty nine or sixty two thirty eight.
1: I think it's from a, run to pass. I think it's situational. I think. I mean, there were games like Houston and Utah State where, hey, they stacked the box a little more and said Taysom said, hey, check out my right bicep and he he slung it around and it was good. It, on first down, if BYU runs the ball and gets four or five yards, now they have the option to do whatever they want. But when you get stuck in third and longs, now you're forced to probably pass. Although BYU was pretty effective on third and longs rushing the ball last year.
0: I don't I don't envision a scenario where BYU goes more than 60-40 because of all of the talent that you mentioned they're bringing in at wide receiver, but I can't say that I would be hugely disappointed if it became more run to pass because of what we know and what they did last year. Hey, uh, the receiving talent well documented, Jordan Leslie, proven commodity at UTEP, their leading receiver, Devon Blackman. Uh, I mean, the guy, we Tony Crutchfield. apparently we've never seen anything like him in Provo. Yeah, that's Tony what Crutchfield. Tony
1: Crutchfield said, former BYU uh, player and former high school coach of, of Devont.
0: Nick Kurtz, the Juco receiver out of Southern California. He committed to BYU. You add those guys to Mitch Matthews, Ross Oppo, Michael Davis, and Kurt
1: Henderson. Trey in, Dye and Michael Davis, a couple of young guys that will get a shot at receiver. In my
0: opinion, the most raw talent that has ever been featured at one time in the receiving core. I know there have been some good receivers at BYU, but we're looking at the whole thing. Yeah, it's speculation, but that's what we do on July 17th. We speculate.
1: I, I won't go superlative on you like that, but I think that they are talented. I, I like the group that BYU has. I mean, they, a, a guy like, like if Skyler Ridley was in this group, I wonder where he'd fit in. He was a short handed good receiver. Uh, I, I like, your, like your prototypical BYU receiver, like, works really hard, runs good routes, knows the playbook, he's going to be in the right spot, he's going to make some big catches. Eric Drage, Andy Boyce. Those, yeah, those kind of guys. I think if Skyler Ridley played in the 90s, he could have been a 1,000-yard receiver.
0: Kurt Henderson is Skyler Ridley part two, right? Yes.
1: So, so where do all these guys fit in? I mean, we, you didn't even mention the most senior tenured player there. Ross Oppo, yeah. Mitch Matthews. I mean, th- those two guys, I think Matthews has a big year. You have a good group of receivers, so do you use them more? I think BYU could still go 60-40 in the rush-pass rush ratio, but be more efficient. We
0: pass talk, for more yards because you're better. Complete more passes, yeah. and
1: I think BYU has some burners this year to where they can get some more deep balls. So you, you, could, pass, you could pass a little less. And complete more balls and get more yards, more touchdowns, score more points. We know Jamal Williams is a special player. He will more than likely be the most decorated rusher
0: that BYU has ever featured in one of their football uniforms when all is said and done here in Provo. He went 1260-plus last year, seven touchdowns, the fifth most ever rushing yards in any season at BYU. Ironically
1: enough. And Taysom had the third most He was not the leading
0: rusher last year. So behind Jamal, stable of big physical running backs. Again, the guys that the, the coaching staff are super high on. What will they do behind him? Will one of them have a breakout performance and somehow come out of nowhere to trump somebody like Taysom Hill and be the second leading rusher?
1: Assuming health with everybody, I don't see it at all. No way. Yeah, that, that's way out there. But that's not, that's not to diminish their role. I think Paul Lassica and Algernon Brown could have a couple hundred yards each. Lassica was really big in Notre Dame and Texas in those could games. Could one of those
0: guys go for four or 500 yards? Sure. Yeah, I think that is a but very Jamal legitimate a possibility. Not,
1: Jamal Williams is not breaking Harvey Unga's rec, record if that's the case. Like, how much do you hand off to Jamal? Jamal played 11.5 games last year and got 1,200 yards. What if he had played 13?
0: Look could add fifteen hundred. Let's get to some of your responses on Twitter. It's Twitter time. Who will be the second leading rusher for BYU in twenty fourteen? <laughs> this first one's funny. At Casey Jackman, <laughs> second most rushing yards, Bronco. Huh? So much running up and down the sideline whilst fist pumping after big
1: plays. Casey Jackman said Wilson a nice tweet. Nice use wow. of Casey, absolutely. <laughs> At wife for Life, Taysom. Last year Jamal was second, but with supposed improved passing, O line, th won't have to rush as much. J Dub. Will And that's,
0: I think that's That's going to be the consensus.
1: That you pass the ball horizontally, vertically, effectively, and then you can rush really well. Which could be really dangerous if these receivers are decent.
0: Would you be upset if Taysom Hill led the team in rushing yards again?
1: I would not be upset. If I were Jamal, I'd be like, okay, come on. What's up with that? I'm the running back.
0: Yeah, I mean, that, that is, that's an interesting topic. If Taysom is the leading rusher again, are you doing what you're supposed to be doing?
1: And I think Jamal played it well. We never heard publicly that he was upset or anything like that. His mom, after the bowl game, said, uh, I believe, tweeted or Instagram something about, like, should the quarterback have more rushing uh, attempts than the running back? Um, but over, overall, uh, what if Jamal's touchdowns go up, but he doesn't have as many yards? I mean, Taysom had more yards, attempts, and touchdowns last year. He tucked
0: and ran a lot. I know that we don't know the specific number, but he did that a lot. And maybe that was what he
1: needed to do in that situation.
0: Yeah, (laughs) if 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 it breaks down, then yeah, okay.
1: Like take a sack, throw it out of bounds. No, he uses wheels.
0: At Dennis Sheo, I would say Algie Brown has second-most rushing yards next year ahead of Taysom. Again, those are bold just, predictions. We've had an yeah. Adam Heaney, and we've had an Algie Brown. Now. Yeah.
1: I, just, just knowing what Robert and I said and you know the skill set of Taysom, I just don't see that happening. Yeah, we'll
0: discuss this BYU rushing game more in a special edition of More or Less in about 30 minutes here on BYU Sports Nation. Also trending in BYUs and Jamal Williams... Oh yeah, he's on the Doak Walker Award watch list, given to the nation's best running back. This is Jamal's second time on that list.
1: Michael Lisa was also on that list going into last year, and now he's a linebacker. <laughs> Taylor Sander and Team USA
0: fell in three sets to Italy Boo. yesterday in Florence. The Americans hoping to bounce back today against Australia in the World League Finals.
1: It's a big match. They got to win this one tonight. Yeah, is it? And is I it, say it, tonight. Uh, it's in two hours, fifteen minutes.
0: So are they done if they lose?
1: I think so. Mm. Not exactly get, sure. Get her done. i got to brush up on my Italian.
0: Brandon Davies struggled a bit in 76ers' 85-63 win against the Lakers in the Vegas NBA Summer League. Davies finished the game with three points and just one rebound. Huh? He and the Sixers faced the Bulls this evening. They're playing a ton of games. They're playing every day. They're playing a ton of games.
1: Yeah. Is I, Andrew Wiggins putting up 20 a game in this? No. no. Up next, Roger
0: Wallace, sports director at KXAN in Austin, Texas, the color analyst, of the Longhorn Football Radio Network. We put the Texas Longhorns under the microscope. This is BYU Sports Nation. 259. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan, live from Studio B at BYU Broadcasting, follow the show on Twitter, at BYU Sports Nation.
1: There are many ways to watch BYU Sports Nation and BYU TV, for that matter, including Xbox 360. Download the BYU TV app today. Not just for the video games, folks.
0: Our Twitter question today, who will have the second most rushing yards for BYU in 2014? This opens it up to quite a few options. At Laser Sheep says, I'm big on Adam Hine. Okay. Going off off the map, I guess, if you Instead will. Instead of Jamal Orteza. Yeah, this is a new two. look. He says, I think he will have a bigger season than expected. I'm going with him for sure. Hmm. For sure. Wow.
1: Okay. At Lasersheep Sheep, Adam Hine. He's the special teams guy, as we noticed
0: last year. Will that translate to the backfield? guess we'll find out. Roger Wallace is the sports director at KXAN in Austin, Texas, and color analyst for the Longhorn Football Radio Network. He joins BYU Sports Nation right now. Roger, thanks for joining us today. How are you doing?
3: My pleasure. Thanks for having me on, guys.
0: Okay, Roger. Malcolm Brown and Jonathan Gray, talented Texas duo of running backs, both named to the Doak Walker Award watch list. Jamal Williams, BYU, also on that list. They'll face off on September 6th. My question for you is, should the committee make an exception with the quarterback, Taysom Hill, and add him to the list?
3: <laughs> I'm sure Texas would vote for him, uh, <laughs> you know, with their eyes closed after what happened last year. But I, I heard your, your poll question. Yeah, I think uh, down here they would all vote for Taysom Hill as the uh, number one rusher for BYU. But, uh, yeah, that will, uh, that will be a point of emphasis uh, when uh, the Cougars roll into Austin this fall, no doubt.
0: Given what happened in Provo last year, do Texas fans have the BYU game circled as that payback game?
3: Well, um, you know, in a strange way, guys. I mean, that was the catalyst for a lot of change. So I'm not going to say that uh, they, you know, they thought that needed to happen for the change. But I think they're, um, you know, they're more concerned with uh, you, know, you got UCLA uh, up in Arlington. At, at Cowboys Stadium, AT&T Stadium, and of course, they've got a tough Big Big 12 schedule right off the bat. So I think when that game rolls around, it will be, but uh, quite honestly, I think they're looking at UCLA as their top non-conference game. No you know, no slide to BYU, oh, but it's sure. going to be a top-ten team.
1: Yeah, it, it looks like a trap game on paper to me if I look at it as a Texas uh, observer uh, because UCLA is the next week uh, in Arlington, in Jerry's World, if I'm not mistaken. So, BYU on September 6th. The Cougars, that's the game BYU fans are looking forward to the most, I think, this year. Is at Texas. What an opportunity. The last time, 2011, one-point game uh, that BYU fell in. What do you expect to happen on September 6th in Austin?
3: Well, uh, there's so many question marks, guys. and, And one question mark is something that just popped up this week with Texas players uh, having a meal with an agent, allegedly two of them had the meal paid for, and if there are suspensions and it goes beyond that opener against North Texas, then obviously that's that could be a big hit for the Texas defense if any of the four guys are suspended for the BYU game. The other question, Mark, you talked about Jonathan Gray and Malcolm Brown on the Dope Walker list. Is Jonathan Gray healthy? I think they like what Malcolm Brown can do, but they'd rather have that two-headed monster And then, of course, the biggest question is quarterback. And, uh, you know, David Ash played pretty well out at BYU until he got his bell rung. And, you know, he hit a couple of big touchdowns, and Texas actually had the lead before the avalanche. So uh, there's so many question marks that I can't give you an honest answer right now because I don't know what Texas is going to look like then.
1: And then when will you? Because North Texas is the first game, and that will tell you something, but not a ton, right? So BYU is maybe the first revealing game for Texas football.
3: Yeah, and I think um, North Texas, the only reason I say it will tell you a lot is because nobody has any clue what to expect with Charlie Strong as the head coach. Uh, so much talk about you know, toughness and this and that, but what will it look like? You know, that's kind of a hard thing to, to redefine in such a short amount of time. My guess is they're not going to look drastically different than they have. It's going to be more of a slow process with Charlie Strong and his staff putting the stamp on this team. But, you know, the key is the quarterback. I, even if those guys are out for a game or two suspension-wise, I think defensively they're, they're pretty solid, they're pretty deep. But if David Ash isn't healthy, then it's a toss of a coin. You've got Tyrone Swoops, who's a sophomore who played very little last year and virtually no meaningful snaps. And then the true freshman, Gerard Hurd, who comes in with a lot of hype, but, you know, a true freshman.
0: Right now, how is David Ashe's health?
3: Well, from what we hear, and we—that's oh, all we do—is you know we hear the chatter that seven on seven's going fine. Uh, the head injury is what kept him out of most of last season, but then he broke a bone in his foot that kept him out of the second half of spring practice. Which uh, obviously he was cleared with all the concussion symptoms, so you have to assume that that's fine because he certainly hasn't been hit since then. Uh, and I guess the foot is okay because he's going through all the summer drills, but. Uh, we don't have a whole lot of access, but I'm going to assume he's okay. The question is he hasn't stayed healthy uh, throughout a season last year. And the games he played in, he was productive. He couldn't finish a game, though.
0: Yeah, we, we know he's a capable player. In fact, I thought that he was uh, probably the best quarterback that BYU faced all of last year, just looking at the raw talent. Talking with Roger Wallace, sports director at KXAN in Austin, Texas, color analyst for the Longhorn Football Radio Network on BYU Sports Station. You talked a little about Charlie Strong. We have a few questions, uh, I guess, in, in regard to him taking over the program. What are the biggest differences that you've seen as you follow this team between Mack Brown's approach and now Charlie Strong's approach?
3: Well, Charlie Strong's approach is is pretty clear. It's all about the players. He will do what he has to do uh, outside of uh, those responsibilities, and I won't say he does it reluctantly, but he does it with his own style, his own uh, very uh, basic, uh, this is the way it is, the message is pretty much the same. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't color it up with a lot of great anecdotes and stories and, and things like that, but he is about the players. And that's what we heard from the people at Louisville that that's the exact same approach there. Uh, he, he is a guy that is going to be tough on his players, but that's really all he cares about. He wants his players to hang out at the facility. He wants them to be around the coaches as much as they can. Everything else he does is because he has to.
1: Charlie Strong came out and said, "You know, you know what? We're probably not going to win the national championship this year." Stuff like that. What are the What are the expectations in year one coming off of an eight win or a nine win season?
3: Well, the, it's funny. It's kind of a, I think it's kind of a stair step thing. First, everyone wants to see what this team's going to look like. And again, I I would caution Texas fans they're going to run out there and they're going to have the same uniforms. And by and large, they're going to look relatively the same with some new faces. But I think what people want to see is a little edge. A little nasty, and uh, you know that toughness. And, and Mac Brown got a, he got a bad rap, guy. When they were really good, they were a tough team. They were a nasty team. That 2005 team that won the national title that was a nasty team. But because Mac Brown is the way he is, the way he handled the media, the way he you know had sometimes protected his players with the media, he got that reputation as uh, a soft coach. And so that's stuck, and you just can't shed that label. So uh, Charlie Strong is not going to get the reputation because of the stuff he does away from the field. And, and so I think people just want to see kind of a nasty edge, and they want they want to see their team walk into the stadium and be the baddest team in the stadium. And the, the ironic part is they did it against the one opponent that Mac Brown couldn't get a handle on in his 16 years consistently, and that was Oklahoma. Yeah. And the way they beat Oklahoma – is they were the nastiest team at the line of scrimmage, offensive and defensive, and the game was not as close as the score, believe it or not, and they've been on the wrong end of so many of those. So that's kind of the odd part about last season is what they did to OU, but no one can get BYU out of their head and that black cloud. Uh, I think everyone was thinking, man, if only that storm had just you know flooded Provo and they <laughs> had to call the game, who knows what would have happened.
1: Yeah, BYU had, uh, the week before at Virginia, had a similar situation and lost that game. Uh, even in Week 12 last year, Texas had a chance to win the Big 12, which was still interesting. But when you look at uh, the expectation this year, is there a per- perceived kind of cut line with a win total that would be acceptable in year one under Charlie Strong?
3: Yeah, I think I think as long as they you know stay on that 7, 8, 9, 7 would probably, you'd get some grumbles, especially if Ash is healthy, because then that's, You know, seven and five. That's a that's a depending on what they do in the non-conference. Now, as you guys mentioned, you got three non-conference games. North Texas comes in; they won nine games, and they're picked to win their division in Conference USA. So, I think everyone fully expects Texas to win that game. But then you've got you know BYU and UCLA, so they they could go one and two in the conference, and then everything kind of changes going into the nine game Big Twelve. But I would think seven minimum. Uh, if they don't get to seven, then you know it's it's not going to be pretty right off the bat.
0: Do fans like Charlie Strong across uh, Longhorn Nation and in Austin?
3: Well, uh, I think the ones that wanted to change like the fact that there's a change, and so you know, Mac Brown was was quick to point out that he goes, "I'm not the celebrity." the head coach of Texas is the celebrity. So they'll love Charlie Strong as long as he gets it done and I don't think they care about that other stuff. The people that might care are the ones that, you know, want to be in that inner circle. And the the money people that like to be a part of the program. It really caused such a fracture with this program. And there's a big reason why Mac Brown's not there is because it became a program divided and a lot of it was were the money people. The fans I don't think they care about a likable coach as much as a coach that, that gets results and gets results the right way. It's the, the ones that like to, you know, take the coach to lunch and be at the luncheons and things like that that, you know, might have a problem regardless of the results if, if they aren't one of Charlie Strong's guys. And from what I hear just in the short time he's been here, you know, you're not going to crack that inner circle just because you're a Texas guy with a lot of money.
0: Roger Wallace, color analyst and uh, of the Longhorn Radio Network sports director and anchor at KXAN. You can follow him on Twitter at RWallaceKXAN. Okay, Roger, I want to know if uh, when you when you look at this BYU team and you mentioned that you're you're focused on UCLA, is this an opportunity for BYU, I guess, to Prove that they belong in the Big Twelve. Do you, you see this game uh, against Texas as hey, here, here's another statement for the Cougars to come in and say, you know what, the Big Twelve should should really consider BYU as a legitimate player uh, in the discussion of who gets to join the conference.
3: Well, if they're going to expand, then then I'll, I'll give you a yes and a no. Yes, obviously they would they would be looking for a program that that gives them that kind of footprint in a part of the country they don't already have. And then the other, the no would be Texas fans would just say we're not there yet. We got beat by BYU and, and uh, they're narrow-sided enough not to not to up the big picture. But I would say, you know, if the picture is going to expand...
0: It sounds like we lost Roger. He's on his way to Lubbock, Texas on a college road trip with his daughter. And so we were, I figured we were bound to lose him at some point traveling through West Texas. But whoa, great stuff from him. Uh, I mean, that's the color analyst for the Longhorn Football that's, Radio Network saying that seven or eight wins is... Seven,
1: eight, nine. What? Mean, oh, okay, nine, nine is a decent number. Is
0: it, he's, he says that's the realistic outlook in
1: year one in, under Charlie Strong. Interesting. I thought that they would be a little more excited. I, I wonder how disappointed they are they didn't get Nick Saban. An article coming out this week uh, alleging that the possibility of $100 million for Nick Saban from oh. boosters... A booster like, let's get it. One, one of those oil dudes. Let's get Nick Saban in here. They got Charlie Strong. I think he's a good quarterback. But Texas, they th- they think they're the best in the country. In terms of finances, they are the best in the country. They make more than anyone else. And about the
0: players, okay, are, are is Texas going to be missing some key players when they host BYU on September
1: 6th? Game 2, the possibility exists that if it's multi-games, yeah. Uh, they're really gearing up for UCLA. I mean, in their minds, it's UCLA in Game Three at uh, Cowboy Stadium, AT and T Stadium. Now, I
0: thought, yeah. no. I thought for certain. Two. I thought for certain that BYU would be a circled game against for Texas on the calendar. But he flat out said, "Well, I think when we look at the non-conference schedule, we're we're more focused on UCLA because they're going to be a top ten team." So, yeah, yeah, does does BYU become a trap game now and go in there and?
1: Give him the business? Okay. 15 <laughs> yards, give them the business. Here's what BYU is to Texas this year. What San Jose State was in 2012 for BYU. Remember when BYU went to San Jose State and lost? Riley yes. Nelson was hurt. Uh, David Fales was quarterback. They ended up winning that. That was annoying, but not something you thought, we're going to get the Spartans back. That's what BYU is to Texas. Really? You
0: think it's th- that's the comparison? Yeah.
1: Yes, because they play Oklahoma and UCLA and Texas Tech and Baylor and all those teams. Yes.
0: I got to think there are a few fans that are like,
1: ugh, BYU. Yes, but Oklahoma is their concern, man.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Up next, we continue the conversation. Running backs on the mind.
2: Now Taysom runs out of trouble and runs into the end zone. 151 yards rushing and two
1: touchdowns
0: in the first half. Taysom Hill is still running, and apparently,
1: I he's taking it easy. Should be July. on the Doak
0: Walker Award watch list, according to Roger Wallace of KXAN, Austin, Texas, sports director and anchor.
1: <laughs> Once upon a time, we had a uh, had a friend do a, a story on uh, True Blue, and he didn't know it was Doak. He said Doak. The Doak Walker Award, like, dude. You know it's a Doak, right?
0: What? good to have you with us welcome back to BYU Sports Nation I'm Spencer Linton Jeremy Jordan to my left we are broadcast in radio vision on
1: BYU radio simulcast on BYU TV if you just missed our interview with Roger Wallace we'll put it up on YouTube uh, shortly after the program Uh, Longhorn radio analyst interesting conversation from him about the expectations for Texas and the game against BYU he said I don't know what kind of team Texas is going to field they appear to be uh, you know, tougher, more disciplined under Charlie Strong. That's the idea. But what is that going to look like on the field? And they play, the Longhorns play UCLA in Arlington in week three. The home of the Dallas it's, Cowboys. The BYU game is a trap game. I'm telling you, BYU can go in there and win the game.
0: Of course they can. Even, if, even if UCLA know... wasn't after BYU,
1: yeah. BYU but, but, but can win now. the game. Texas doesn't know what they are. They don't know who they are under Charlie Strong. They're going figure... to North Texas will not reveal a ton about them.
0: Who's the favorite in that game?
1: Who's the yeah, favorite yeah, in that thinks, BYU-Texas game? Texas will be. It's a home game for Texas against a mid-major. Maybe by like... It's, it's Texas, of course. A, a field goal? I mean, it's... It, six and a half or something. I don't know. We'll see. Wow, dude, it, that's
0: generous, I think. If he's telling us that they should win seven or eight games
1: and... Listen, BYU's going to smack Connecticut by 17-plus. Okay. And then uh, North Texas is going to get Which would offset a
0: trend of disappointing BYU road season opening performances for BYU. Yeah,
1: BYU struggled struggled really mightily uh, in road season openers. Yeah. But At, it's Connecticut. Yeah. It's not – I mean, normally BYU is playing a quality opponent in that first game Virginia? if it's on the road. Virginia? Normally. Mississippi? Normally. Mississippi? Normally. <laughs> you remember how big a deal everyone made that win? In SEC country, it's Mississippi. You had to have a defensive play to win the game. Like, I was worried. Like, oh, you won, but – that game was in question until Kyle Van Noy decided to win it. Listen, I love winning, but the second thing to winning to me is winning with style. Like, okay, did you barely beat in a mediocre team? That worries me. Yeah. So BYU uh, needs to take it to Connecticut, and I think this BYU team's ready to start out of the gate strong. The defense has proven that they'll be good. The offense—you return a lot of guys. We talked about it earlier Saturday. Ninety-seven percent of BYU's rushing yards return. That's awesome. The quarterback, the main running back, all the linemen, but one dude, 10 of 11 guys that started game. I mean, talented receivers, enough starters that Oppo, Matthews, uh, Davis played defense, but he's been on the team. You know, you have enough guys throwing the newcomers. You have a chance to start strong. What will the posse of
0: running backs and that offensive line do when it really matters, Jerem?
1: Does you know how like uh, it's like a gaggle of geese, a pride of lions? Like, does each position group have its own thing? Like, like you just what you just say with the running backs, the posse, the posse. It's a posse posse of running
0: backs. backs. What I was really getting at is, (laughs) what do they do in game number one in late countdown
2: to Connecticut?
1: Forty-three days. Prime number, right? Forty-three. Six weeks and a day. Away from the season opener. We're getting close. Like, okay, <laughs> we've joked that we're close. No, we're g- actually getting close.
0: <laughs> I believe at 220-something, we were like right around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, no. Now I feel like it is so close. And Forty- 43 days. I mean, not this, not uh, next week, the week after that, the f- middle of the week, fall, uh, summer camp. Oh, I said. Summer camp ha, begins. Ha, ha, <laughs> hey, 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 you're you're nocturnal. What Jam- <laughs> Ralph Wiggum at the zoo sees the best You're nocturnal. We have a daily Ralph <laughs> Wiggum soundbite should, from Jerem on this show. When when the Simpsons had a movie out at the very beginning, the 20th century five. Na, 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 na It's Ralph Wiggum standing in like the the zero of the 20th century. Na 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 na. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Jamal Williams on the
0: Doak Walker Award watch list. That uh, is an award given annually to the nation's best running back. This is Jamal's second time on the list. 53 guys made the rundown. Eight opposing running backs, including two from the Texas Longhorns, also on that list.
1: Malcolm Brown, which, by the way, Texas has a uh, defensive lineman also named Malcolm Brown. That's not confusing at all. Uh, Jonathan Gray. So they they have two. Jay Ajayi, Boy State, that guy's good. Kenneth Farrow of Houston. Joe Hill of Utah State, our producer Ben Bagley like, Joe Hill, Joe Hill, say his name. <laughs> Kevin, <laughs> Kevin Pax of Virginia. Yeah, so you, you got some boys. You got some dudes.
0: William Standback. Okay.
1: But I, I call him Billy. He goes Billy. Here's the
0: thing. I think he is a really good player. I've, I watched him play last year for Central Florida. Like He, he can bring it, man. Like he, he's, he is somebody that BYU should be worried about. Billy, can, Billy Standback, He can play. Yeah. Trust me, look him up. Like The, the dude is a legit running back. <laughs> okay, let's, uh, let's get to the Twitter machine. Who will have the second most rushing yards for BYU in 2014? <laughs> At Bridger Hill. Taysom will be the second leading rusher. It all hinges on how well the offensive line can pass protect. If pocket is weak, Jay swag Daddy will be the second leading rusher. So the formula for last year.
1: Right? Hopefully it's not the same formula. Hopefully BYU's offensive line can block better and Taysom can have some time to throw and then makes good decisions. I wonder how much better Taysom Hill gets as a passer. To me, that's the number one question going into uh, the season with Taysom. You know what he can do as a runner. Uh, naturally, you expect the same or equal to or better with a, with a player. I hope Taysom's rushing numbers go down and his passing numbers go way up.
0: At Bronco for Prez, Algie Brown. There's the second Algie Brown prognostication we've seen. Solid freshman season in 2013, and I keep hearing good things should rack up a ton of receiving yards, too. Interesting. Will Algie Brown be a receiving back? I mean, who, how can You're you compare to that person? Is that like Manasseh Tonga?
1: You're on to something with that phrase, by the way. Receiving back. When you talk specifically about a running back that catches a bunch of passes.
0: Like Curtis Brown, Curtis Brown was a receiving back he for
1: was, BYU. Yeah, he was the receiving. He was back. also a receiving back. I mean, the guy rushed for thousand yards a couple times. He was good. Yeah. How much do, will BYU throw to its receiving backs? That play, I, I,
0: you know, the play I'm talking about, where Taysom Hill rolls out. It's almost like a run. He throws like just a a straight pass on a line to the running back. It's almost like an option pitch, but it's an overhand throw.
1: Yes, to J.D. Falslev a bunch. Was it, he that? Did it, he did was it Jamal the Williams play too. To, the,
0: to the boundary? The first time I saw that in fall camp, I was like, what in the heck is that? And I wasn't sure if I liked it, but it was so effective last year. Does BYU implement that play again with their posse of running backs? Jamal's
1: got good hands. I know people like to give him a hard time about dropping the wet ball against Virginia that led to the touchdown that won yeah, the game. You but go
0: out there and catch that missile
1: from Taysom Hill in the he's, storm. He's got good hands. I'm going to read this. At uh, courteous Thug. Nice. Devon Blackman will be the number two rusher. 180 yard reverse per game. <laughs> I hope you I hope you mix in less some fly sweeps with those guys in reverse.
0: Up next on BYU Sports Nation, we play a special edition of more or less, more. You're not going to want to miss this. We discuss the hard topics. BYU Sports Nation in radio vision on BYU Radio and on BYU TV. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Studio B. We are live. And that is scary sometimes. Yeah.
1: yeah, Well, luckily it hasn't been too scary. (laughs) Remember, you can go to BYUtvsports.com, watch all sorts of uh, games in the archive, football, basketball, women's soccer. You can watch the games there as well.
0: Remember how you broke the microphone on Tuesday? I do remember that.
1: Yeah, Tuesday. I've been told not to touch it anymore.
0: <laughs> Have you really? Yeah,
1: <laughs> Jerem, do not touch the microphone again. Yeah, well, I won't be after that incident. <laughs> if,
0: you, if you missed it, you can see that Tuesday uh, at BYU Sports Nation we tweeted an clip of Jerem breaking the microphone. We're T- going oh, we're gonna, Tuesday there it we is. We're gonna put it on TV again right now. So uh, sorry for radio viewers, but if, if you want to watch it, go to the, the YouTube site BYU TV
1: Sports. Yeah, that happened. So what, man? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Your reaction was so
1: priceless No uh, Luckily I haven't uh, received Okay Luckily I haven't received An invoice <laughs> from anyone yet Okay This is, You know what we need to You know what we need to do
0: now We need to play More or Less Okay More or Less
1: I feel like I'm like, like Nation That music I got you shaking Uncontrollably I, I imagine you like Dancing at a steak dance At uh, like 16 years yeah, old like, had- like that You're just like convulsing random I have moves bro i bet you did have moves rumor has it that you did like an in sync uh, music video in high school okay
0: if you're a newcomer <laughs> to the
1: program the funny thing is <laughs> would you have done it to backstreet boys instead
0: if you're a newcomer to the program here's how this works we will present a scenario
1: rumor has it
0: and discuss if we think that byu or whatever the said topic is will go more or less on that given topic let's go number one
2: Jamal Williams, more or less rushing yards than Taysom Hill.
0: I say more, but it's closer than people think. I think Jamal will outrun Taysom, but it's not going to be this huge disparity of Jamal's at 1,500 and Taysom's at 800. I think it's going to be within a couple of hundred yards.
1: I'll go more for Jamal. I mean, Taysom had more carries. Some of it, if you take the sacks out, uh, Jamal had like eight or nine more carries than Taysom last year. And Taysom's rushes uh, are in open space oftentimes, whereas Jamal's are over the center or guards. And so the degree of difficulty is greater for Jamal to get those yards. So I'll go Jamal. I think they feature Jamal more. I think Taysom passes the rock more.
0: If Taysom is the leading rusher, is BYU
1: not doing what they should do? I I agree with Steve Young, who on this show told us that if Taysom ends up with the ball in his hands at the end of a play, he wants it to feel like that was a mistake. That could be a good mistake, but that it's a mistake. He needs to... Get the ball to his playmakers. He wants it to be the exception. Yes. Number two.
2: Jamal Williams, more or less rushing TDs than Taysom Hill.
1: Ooh. It was 10 for Taysom, 7 for Jamal last year.
0: I think there is an increased emphasis to get Jamal the ball in the red zone. He didn't score a touchdown in the first
1: five games, if I'm not mistaken, last year. He scored against How in the world Houston. the that happen? Was that his first rushing touchdown against Houston? Might have been. That quick, the pick by Hadley and then Jamal scores. Next oh, play, man. I think,
0: right? I say more. I think Jamal has double digits in touchdowns this year because the offensive line is more experienced and BYU tries to pound the ball inside the red zone instead of gimmick plays. And There, there was a panic in the red zone almost last year. I think that they will settle down and they will give the ball to Jamal. He has double-digit rushing touchdowns.
1: Less. I think that Jamal will be keyed on because he'll be so effective in the other parts of the field and then Taysom, that will open up Taysom who will then get the touch- Taysom, touchdown. Taysom Hill will be the keyed guy? No, because they're going to feature Jamal more. That's what we were just talking about. Yeah,
0: but he's still Taysom Hill. Like, every defense is like, watch the quarterback keeper. You should, right?
1: Jamal's the first option, and they have to suck in on that, and then Hill can get open, like he did last year. Number three.
2: Taysom Hill, more or less rushing yards than Lasike and Brown. More.
0: Hmm. Taysom Hill will have more rushing yards than Paul Lasike and Algie Brown combined. I think he goes for 1,000. I feel like Taysom Hill is going to rush for 1,000 yards at least. Really? Yes. Wow. I, he's that talented. He's such a good runner. And I, instinct is... seventy. That's only 77 yards a game. If I go through my progressions... Still. And, you know, maybe that's what they've been working on, going through all of his progressions instead of just, like, one, maybe two, and then tucking and running. Still, he's such a weapon with his speed and his feet and his ability to find a hole like... He's going to rush for 1000
1: yards. He'll rush for more than Lasikae and Brand. I just don't think those guys will get enough carries to come close to what they won't Taysom They not have the quantity? Has. No way. No way. Number 4.
2: Taysom Hill, more or less than 100 yards rushing versus Texas.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I am going to say less because Texas is going to do everything possible under a defensive-minded coach and Charlie Strong to everything keep, that's legal to keep Taysom Hill in the pocket. They are going to force him to win with his arm in that game. If they don't, then they're making a mistake. So I say he rushes for less than 100 yards, but he throws for well over 300 against the Longhorns.
1: I think he still rushes for 100 against Texas. We'll see how much their scheme changes against BYU because they were terrible tacklers.
0: If he goes uh, into the triple digits, if he rushes for over 100, I'm pretty sure, and I said this the other day, Charlie Strong will lose his mind. Their focus has to be on Taysom Hill. Like, throw the tape in.
1: The key here is how many rushes does Taysom get? Because last year against Texas, 17. He gets 259. Against Utah, 99. Against, uh, I'm trying to look at some of the bigger names. Boise State, 18 uh, carries, 69 yards. Notre Dame, 24 carries, 101 yards. You know who else had 101 yards in that game? Paul Lasique on four carries. And then uh, Washington, 31 carries, For a buck, 33. So really it depends on how many rushes he gets. If he gets 20, he's probably going over hundred. Because Taysom averages 5.9 yards per carry. That includes sacks. You know, what I mean, he's such
0: such a dynamic runner. I guess I should say that I wouldn't be surprised for him to go over a hundred. But I feel like the emphasis for Texas would be like, do not let him get outside and run.
1: Pull a Houston or Utah State.
0: Force him to beat us with his arm. Number five.
2: And finally, more or less rushes for BYU in 2014 than in
0: 2013. Ooh. I'm going to go less by a hair. Okay. Because of the added talent in the wide receiver core. Okay. I think that BYU puts an emphasis on throwing the ball more. And I think more teams are going to invite the Cougars to try and beat them. By passing isn't that interesting that <laughs> we're having that discussion hey BYU we dare you to beat us by passing the ball
1: huh I'll, I'll go same exact number the exact number of rushes 664. the exact number no exact <laughs> oh now that yeah okay. that, would, rushing, that yeah. would take some serious
0: luck for that to happen but who knows you've been lucky before up next the Cooper whip around keep it here. BYU Sports Nation is presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Welcome back. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan about to wrap up another fun-filled edition of BYU Sports Nation. An
1: epic edition. At McMinn5, at Spencer underscore Linton. Glory days. Lenny has a picture of Vincent. Hey, you know what? (laughs) Hashtag bye-bye-bye. I hate all of you. Wow. I was wondering if you actually had that video or not, and now I know because you've been really defensive about that. I haven't
0: been defensive. Defense! Yeah. I haven't been defensive at
1: all. I've just dodged, I've just dodged it, right? Well, what, you would have said no, I wasn't in that if it didn't happen. Who didn't so, want to be well, Justin
0: Timberlake in 1998 if you were a high school
1: Justin kid? be Justin Timberlake. Like, that guy is the, he's the man. It's the other guys that I'm worried about. I'm you not- know what time it is? Yes, I do.
2: It's time for the Cougar
1: Whiparound. Football. Jamal Williams is on the Doak Walker Award watch list, given to the nation's best running back. This is Jamal's second time on that list. Congrats.
2: Men's volleyball. Taylor
0: Sander and Team USA fall in three sets to Italy yesterday in Florence. The Americans hoping to bounce back today against Australia in the World League
1: Finals.
2: Cougars in the association.
1: Brandon Davies struggled in a 76ers 85-63 win over the Lakers in Vegas. NBA Summer League play last night. Davies had three points, one board. They're playing every day. You get tired. Davies and the Sixers face the Chicago Bulls this evening. Women's volleyball. The women's volleyball team
0: released its 2014 schedule yesterday. The schedule includes matches with six 2013 NCAA tourney teams, 12 of the 13 home matches televised on BYU TV, including the home opener against Washington on September 5th. Swimming
1: and diving. BYU has six student athletes uh, who received 2014 Scholar All-American honors. Nicely done.
0: Tomorrow on the show, Virginia head football coach Mike London will join BYU Sports Nation. We'll Sweet. ask him about that crazy debacle of a weather situation in Charlottesville last year. In Wait, which what happened? The Cavaliers won nineteen sixteen. Oh, you didn't hear? Uh, yeah, that was fun. No. Was, I had a soccer game to call after that, and I was like, oh my goodness.
1: Well, the, those two games were just so weird because you had these massive delays around. Both of the first two? What the heck? Yeah.
0: The, lot the weather... Uh, and that uh, well, the weather was certainly something to be talked about. Yeah. Um, okay. So Mike London tomorrow on the show. Uh, I did want to mention we we thought that Jamal's first rushing touchdown came against Houston. It was against Georgia Tech the week before during homecoming. Gotcha. So thanks to uh, our Twitter followers for the clarification smart. on that. Oh, we have absolutely detail oriented. Uh, today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help. When you need it most, DexterLaw.com. And it goes to Brett Kiesel, the former beard. BYU Cougar uh, in Pittsburgh. Really cool thing I saw last night. I had a, a former BYU football player that uh, is in my neighborhood send me this tweet. said, check out Kiesel." And uh, he took a bunch of kids, special needs kids, fishing. And apparently he does this uh, on, on a regular basis. And uh, one of them came down and helped him reel in a fish and just really, really he touching said, stuff. He said, I a need good... someone
1: strong. And this kid yeah, came down and got really excited. So was,
0: cool. That's cool. Brett Kiesel, cool. rise and shout, my friend. Our Twitter question today, who will have the second most rushing yards for BYU in 2014? Let's get your responses. you got tweets. At UCLA Grad 90, Nicole Williams, Jamal's mom, what's up? She says, Taysom. And I'm, I'm guessing that she is hoping that Jamal will lead the team.
1: <laughs> That's an interesting response.
3: Yes. I
0: kind of wish we heard more from her about that.
1: At first, underscore
0: Schmitty. Algernon Brown will be the dark horse to get the second most rushing yards. That's three votes for him.
1: I mean, if, if there was someone who was going to get more than, say, Taysom, it would be Algernon Brown, in my opinion as well. Paul LaSique has proven that he can be pretty good, but Algernon is the up and comer, the sophomore. LaSique is the senior, the only senior. What if senior in that... goes for like 250 against Savannah State?
0: 250?
1: <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. That'd be awesome. <laughs> that would be awesome. Curtis Brown did 252 or something at Utah State his freshman year.
0: Thanks to our guest, Roger Wallace, and everyone on our crew. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BYU Sports Nation, our show on demand on BYU com and BYUTV.org slash DBR for Jerem Jordan, the inspector. I'm Spencer Linton. Shout out to Doran Merkley, BYU Sports Nation back to work tomorrow at noon Eastern in Radio Vision.